Hello, hello, and welcome to Surrender Soul Chats and Guided Meditations, Season 2, 1111, which is all about new beginnings. I am your host, Frandasia Williams. Those who know my soul call me Franny, and I'm the owner and founder of Guided Surrender, which is a lifestyle and wellness company that is based in releasing resistance, fear-based resistance that keeps us and blocks us from our manifestations, our spiritual, mental, and physical healing. So if you are on a healing journey, you're in the right place. This is a home for healing, and we are so happy to have you here. And this is my co-host, who I'll let introduce herself. Hello, queens. My name is Nicola Boutier. I am the founder of Female Makers. Please feel free to follow my journey for a collective of female entrepreneurs and micro female creators at femalemakers.org. And enjoy this episode. So my question is, how do you thrive in a world that's not designed for you? Unless you're a white man or in certain cases a white woman you know how do you how do you thrive in a, in a, in that environment and then let's take it a little bit further if you're a woman you are responsible for so many things you're automatically you come out of the womb you are responsible for reproduction whether you want to be or not whether you have kids or you don't the world is looking at you like you got it you got the machine that makes people people literally makes people okay you're responsible for that you're responsible for carrying the child then you have to be the mother which is like this huge responsibility like not that being a father isn't and to those that are fathers that are you know really involved in their you know their children's lives that's amazing right that's just one aspect yeah then have a period through it all of your life (laughs) majority just have it majority of your life yeah yeah every month you don't even get vacation that's the thing that kills me like you can't even be like oh I want to put it yeah I saw something and it was like comparing like women triathlon athletes to like men and 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 their timings and and I was thinking to myself and all these men were like talking shit about the women and I was looking and I was thinking about half of them did it bleeding yeah I guarantee you at least half of those women were bleeding while doing this marathon triathlon whatever it was and all these men were like oh well the men's times are because of this and they're not better let's throw this out there just so that those that are listening that are men and don't really understand the trajectory of like just bleeding let me just make it very clear it is not just um, a button and then things liquid just comes out. If it was that simple, we would even be doing more. That's, that's not it, okay? That's not even close to it. I can't even explain really and stress to you how much it is. And it's really <laughs> funny when I see these TikToks and these women are doing these like little, you know, cramp simulators on their husbands and their boyfriends. Oh, I love those. I'm totally gonna be one of those. Love those, those too. Um, let's be clear as well. The reason why when you put it on a woman, she doesn't react is because that's nothing in real comparison to what it really truly is. That is like a sliver, probably a 10th of an ounce. Right. And we're still, what are we still doing during that time? Going to the grocery store, taking care of these kids, running our own businesses, then working for another company so that we can make sure that we can fund these businesses, hustling on the side, supporting you. Keeping the house clean. 
keeping ourselves clean, keeping all of y'all clean. Like we got to the laundry is done. Like we could just go on for a list. Literally the superior gender here. Let's just be very clear. Let's be very clear in this conversation. And let's talk about postpartum too. It's like, you think after you have a baby, that's like the longest period ever after you have a baby, it's like six weeks of just like purging and, and, and your emotions are all over the place and it doesn't even stop. Yeah. Nothing stops. And, and, and if you're lucky, the company that you're with will say, Hey, here you go. Take X amount of weeks off to go, you know, be with your child and this, that, and the other and blah, blah, blah. Um, but make sure after that week, six, you're ready to go. It's like, you realize I still have stuff coming out of my body, but, and I didn't know that you cramp after really bad because your uterus is shrinking again. And I was like, huh, (laughs) all of this, all of this. And so let's, let's be, let's make this even like crystal clear for most women that just so that everybody knows me and Franny are speaking in, um, you know, current times, which we do not have children. So those that do bless your souls. Um, but I have heard horror stories, you know, your body never goes back to being the same and you can, and you can have a great, they call it a snapback, but you can have a great, you know, whatever, but your body just functions so differently because again, back to square one, we create life. We are water, okay? You cannot survive without us. If every woman on this earth disappeared, men would not be able to survive without us. We physically, like physically that cannot happen. Not that everything would stop. We are the water, we are fluid. Yeah, and I don't think they get it. Like I saw something where they were like, stop putting men, stop putting women on birth control and start putting men through vasectomies because a man can get multiple women pregnant at a time. A woman can only get pregnant during certain cycles. Like let's talk and, about that. And not even all of us can get pregnant during all those cycles. It's like let's also talk about the harmful effects of what birth, birth control truly yeah. does yeah. and how it has like the these elongated effects on our bodies that we don't even really truly are aware of until years after we've already been on it. So then you have these women that are trying so hard that are going through these emotional journeys financial situations just to get their bodies in a place that they can have a child because some man guarantee it somebody please adjust me and and correct me if I'm wrong made a pill years ago full of hormones artificial hormones and said take this it'll stop you from it'll prevent you your chances of getting pregnant right and you take it for years because you're, you don't want to have a baby. You're not ready to have a baby. Maybe you're really, really young and you're active and you don't want to have a child. So now you get to a place where you're like, okay, I'm ready. Me and my partner are ready to have a child. And you can't because you had years of these hormones going into your body. You have no idea how they've affected you long-term. Now you're trying to backpedal and trying to adjust your body to some natural forms or, you know, there's so many different ways. And then if that doesn't work, you're going to IVF, you're spending even more. Again, we're so responsible for everything. And we get, we get this much amount of shine, if that, and when we do get shine, there's always some, there's always some man in the picture that's just like, stop with the feminism, stop with the, you're jealous. Okay. Cause the world's been revolved around you your whole life. Give us, give us a moment 
and just, and just be a strong man and just observe and be grateful that the reason you're alive is because of your mother. And I think I've talked about this before in another episode that we did the women who I wasn't ever on birth control because of a desire not to have kids. I was on birth control to get help for what I was going through with my cycles every month. From the moment I got on birth control, it was because I needed help. And I was so disappointed and I had been so disappointed by the women's reproductive health knowledge that we have, by the diagnoses that we get, the delayed diagnoses that we get. There's so many women who are finding out that there's bigger issues, but no one goes and looks for those until you try to have a baby. It's like, why didn't you just tell me when I was suffering 10, 20 years ago that, you know, this was going on. Like there's PCOS, there's endometriosis, there's endometriosis, there's a different one or something like that. There's all these different hormones. There's HPV, there's like so many many things. Hormonal things that go on with women that cause us to have a difficult time with our monthly cycles. And it's like, despite um, how terrible it can be for some of us, the shit still comes and there's no help. All they do is shove a pill down your throat and some pain pills and nobody looks deeper and there's no help. And I was completely just disappointed too by the healthcare system, just not being set up to even go and look further why to like it was okay to just say to a woman oh you're just in pain that's just your body no no one's in pain just because that's their body pain is sourced it has to have something to charge into do you mind looking and especially as a black woman trying to get help in our healthcare system and being fit I also say when you are fit people look at you and you're like they're like oh you're young you're fit you're fine no that doesn't mean that something's not hiding that we can't see. It's like nobody. Then let's what, let's, let's also add to the balance of that right there. When you said that is if you're a woman like myself and you're not necessarily like doctor approved as fit, right? right. Their go-to is you should, you should lose some weight and see. Right. She's like, not paying first because of all, First yeah. of all, there are plenty of healthy women that are skinny and plenty of healthy women that are petite and that are plus size. And so for you to say that that's your go-to because you don't really want to put in the effort to truly find out what the problem could possibly be just shows that first of all, every day, it just shows further and further. I'm living in the wrong country. Let's just start there. First of all, it's time to go like legit. (laughs) And I know they're always like, go back to where you came from. Y'all realize none of us came from here. None of us. We're this isn't even, that. this is truly not our <laughs> land. So not let's even really, truly really be honest in that. No, no let's be real. I, I love that you, you said that this is a conversation that's really inclusive because all women, all body types, all of us are going through something with our healthcare system where we feel failed. And it's because it wasn't designed to help us. It was designed to control us. If you think of all women's healthcare, it was designed to keep us in line with men's um, goals. Okay. So I was talking to a nurse practitioner about birth control and you know how they tell you to start on Sunday. Right. Yeah. And I was like, like, you know, I don't want, I didn't want to, I wanted to start at a certain time. And she was like, Oh, well, well that was designed so that a woman would never have a period on the weekend. And I was like, I wonder why that would be. And then I thought about it. I was like, it's because their husbands were home on the weekend because they were working during the week. First so- of all, first of all, don't tell me to start anything on any day. I'll start with a Days and times are like made up. Let's just let, we don't need to get deep into that, but they're made up people. <laughs> they're like not a real thing. 
they're only a real thing because we've been following it for so long. So yeah. for you to tell me that I have to start this magic pill on a Sunday and it just doesn't make sense, there's weeks in there. Like we're smart enough. We know how birth control works. Like if you get the pill, you can, it's just going to do the same thing every week. Every Your week. body will catch yep. up with it. So it really, truly doesn't matter. Right. Then when I also realized that you need, that you didn't need to take those extra pills that week that you were no. on. <laughs> he tells you that that those pills are sugar pills they're not they're, real they're you not don't they're literally placebo so girls if you're taking those stop you don't need them honey you don't have to. I promise you. it's I your would... week off meaning you're gonna have your period you don't need to take anything you don't, have to take you don't have to take anything you take a break when my doctor and also when you're on the pill if you do not have a cycle, it's okay. Even a drop counts as a cycle. And I remember the first time I was on a pill, I was very young. And I was, again, doing it for period management, period pain management. And I would literally not be able to walk. Still have that sometimes, you know, not being able to function like, a, like I normally would be simply because my cycle was on. It was incredibly difficult. And I've talked about that before. I won't really get into it too much. But um, it had, I had been on the pill for a while and it had gone away and I was terrified. And so I just stopped taking it. <laughs> My doctor was like, why? Why did you stop? You were fine. And I was like, why the hell does nobody tell you that, that, that that's okay when you're on the pill? Like that you're, it doesn't have to come every month. And now studies are showing that when you're on the, the pill that because you don't ovulate, it's technically a chemical period. So you can actually take the pack consistently and not bleed. What it does lead to though, was spotting and some irregularity. See, and that's such the difficulty is like, um, you know, for, for myself, a woman who's suffered from like irregularity, like her entire life, uh, that ovulating natural ovulating is, is very important. And if you're, whether you want to have children or not, if your body's naturally ovulating, it's a super important thing that you could do that on your own. And it's really difficult when they don't explain that to you. And again, you've been, whether you've been taking a pill form or you had a different other kind of birth control, it's emotionally damaging when you're not on that anymore and your body isn't doing that. And it could just be like the chemicals are still living in there for so long. You know, it takes time for your body to detach from that. It could be a multitude of things. Then we go back to the healthcare, our healthcare system where you're, you're literally your own doctor until you can actually go in there and be like, I believe that this is what I have. I need you to, you know, literally. confirm. And you literally have to go in there with like a sheet and just be like this and just be pressing and pushing pressure on the, and we pay like so much money to have healthcare in this country. And it's still not beneficial. We're basically paying you to just confirm with tests that this is what we found yeah and in my case um nicole and i are kind of opposite in this way i am a very regular cycler I'm, i cycle very regularly she doesn't miss a date she's very faithful and it's she's so funny because nicole will be like wanting hers and i'll be somewhere like i wish mine would take a break but we're right, i'm like can you pass yours my way yeah. because uh, i would love to regulate and even on the pill I'm regular off the pill. I'm regular. Even after being on the pill for a cycle of, I was on the pill the first time it was a cycle of nine years. And as soon as I got off, everything was still regular for me. And, um, my period is just, is a very regular thing, but she's regularly not very nice to me. She's also a regular asshole. Like she's regularly kind of 
she can be really rude. And so I actually got off the pill the first time because of that, it had been so long and I wanted my body to regulate and I wanted to, to know what I was like off of it. And if things had mellowed out or things were some of the same. And um, I had even told my doctor and I was in a very beautiful situation at the time. I had a beautiful black female doctor who was very supportive of me. She's also very supportive of my diet. At that time I had, I had become more natural and I stopped taking pills and medicine. I was eating um, a, a diet full with fruits, fruits and vegetables and I had always had iron issues and we were working through that in a natural way. So she was very supportive. And I told her I wanted to get off and I wanted to see what happened. And we came up with a plan to help me manage the pain and help me manage what I was going through. And I stayed off for years. And I would say the first year off, like I was, I feel like the first one to three years off, it was like, okay. But then it all came back for me. Everything that I was suffering from ended up coming back and um, still no answers. And I literally thought it was endometriosis for the longest. And everyone who I would say that to would say, no, it's not that you don't have that. You can only diagnose endometriosis through laparoscopic, laparoscopic surgery. Like they can't look at you and tell it's not detected through a pelvic exam. It's not detected through your pap smear. It has to be detected by literally, cause it's inside. It's not something that's topical. They've got to go in and look. You got me, first of all, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I really, I know you're on a thing. It's just, I'm, I'm really grinding my nails into it because how are you, how is the healthcare and medical world so advanced, but when it comes to procedures for women, you're so, I'm going to try really hard not to curse. You're so dated that things like that, you have to physically have a surgery to diagnose. If you get a mammogram, you literally have to pull someone's tit off of their body and like (laughs) smush it into a pancake in order to find out if there's anything in there. But everything else is so like invasive because <laughs> you don't, because it's, they don't care. No, they're not trying to find it. They don't want us to know that we don't need all the stuff that we're taking or doing. It's like literally, and then even laparoscopic surgery, if they do detect that you have endo through that, the growths are likely if you're within a certain age range to return within three to five years. So the thought of even having the surgery going through all that and then having the removal, which is a very painful process. And it takes a while to heal just for it to come back for me was devastating. Like I was like, that would suck. So I moved forward with just treating myself naturally and healing. And then after just having a really hard time for years, I decided to go back on the pill to give myself a break for a little bit, knowing that it's not a solution but I just needed some pain management. I just needed it to be easier because there are women out here who do feel like they have periods that are easeful. I know so many women that are like, yeah, it's just another day. I ain't one of them women. I'm happy for you. (laughs) But we all have different experiences with our cycles. We all have different experiences with our reproductive system. I remember at one point every, like, I think it was like a year ago, every woman was going to the doctor and having abnormal test results for their cervical exams or from their pap smears. And even then I was like, this has to be a scam. I've talked to five different women in the past. <laughs> <world>. and <laughs> Me and Franny actually them. talked about that. Yeah, we're like, this is, there's something up. There's something in the water. They're trying to convince us of, and, and the thing is to um, induce fear so yeah. that you're fear-driven 
on how you react, right? One yeah. of our biggest fears is like, you know, is the inevitable is being taken away from this, you know, lifetime with, um, you know, sooner than we would like. Uh, the reality of it though, is we're so powerful and our bodies do amazing things. Like so blessed to, you know, I think when I was younger, I didn't really understand the trajectory of like what it was like, the power of carrying yourself as a woman and, and what that means. And, and I'm still learning what that really is, but there's so much that we do that's so full circle, that's so involved in so many things. I'll say it again. We are like water. We are so fluid that, you know, we bring things to us. We are literally like the actual, like water supply and we bring everything we touch actually grows and nourishes and brings life. We do that. Whether you're going to have children or you don't have children, that's the reality of us. And we're, you know, constantly living in a world where we're told so many opposites of what that is emotionally, mentally, physically, health-wise, everything is based off of like, how can they convince us that we don't know what we're talking about? We're not enough. We're not smart enough to figure out what that is. Uh, there's actually, I was going to tell you, I don't know if you saw it yesterday, but Ashley Graham, the plus size model, she just had twins. She did like a really cute campaign with Nick's underwear, which is like that period brand. And it was, um, it was just like a really cute campaign. If you guys get a chance to look at it and it was about, um, it's kind of started about how like men are, you know, brought up to be taught to be like big, strong men. And, you know, they're like, that's like kind of dug into them from when they were children. And she kind of went on this whole list in like a two minute commercial about how like we are, are taught and should be teaching ourselves how we're big, strong women and how that's extremely impactful on like our entire world. You know, we do so much and ask for very little in return. And I just think it's so beautiful how, um, how we're survivalists. A lot of times we don't give ourselves enough credit. Like we truly know how to adapt and survive in any atmosphere that we're surrounded by. Yeah, I agree. That's beautiful. And actually, I love Ashley Graham and all that she stands for. And I love how like she was so boldly pregnant. Boldly pregnant. That woman made pregnancy look. Just, yeah. Ugh. Like her and her Cheez-Its box, just like. Love her. Right. Stretch marks and all just like living her life and just excited to embrace it. Because I admit that like we see so many images of like perfect pregnancy and it just looking like super beautiful the whole time and it being like this flowy thing. And she was out here like really being just pregnant and being She's like, like, I'm sweating. Like, I'm hot. I'm going to eat the cheese it. She's like, I don't leave my house with it. I think it was cheese it that she was like addicted. Yeah, it was like some, it was some kind of snack and it really made me laugh because that's how I envision like, you know, if I ever, you know, get to a point in my life where I do have a child, like that's truly how I, I'm very realistic. Like, I think that I'm not going to be this like glowy pregnant woman and just super, I'm not, I'm just not. And I'm totally okay with that. Cause that's very on brand for me. So I would like to stay on brand with myself. It's very on brand for me to be very aware of what I want to complain about. And I'm totally okay with that. Franny's not like that. I'm not. Like, I'm the yeah. exact opposite. 
loved it. I see yeah. it being a very peaceful water birth experience, just having a beautiful chill pregnancy popping at the end and just like still working out the whole time and eating like beautifully, like the earth. And, right. <laughs> and I'm over here, like literally crying because I don't have oat milk for my coffee. Like that's just truly truly like a thing for me it's real life and I want to be on brand yeah create a child and I want them to know who I really am and that's you're welcome so yeah my I future child you're welcome this is your mother and then like the whole oat milk thing she messaged me this morning she messaged me today and was like her oat milk and my my first instinct was oh I'll, I'll just send you I'll just send you a recipe to make some. <laughs> I don't have the stuff but my first instinct is to go make it and so it's like we're so we're so different in those ways I, I was just like there's nothing around I'm having like a mental breakdown I'm like it's fine I just will have nothing why well, I sip on my oat milk chai I felt so <laughs> <laughs> I'm making my homemade banana um, walnut pancakes and <laughs> my chai latte with extra oat milk. <laughs> it's really funny because the, this is truly, if you guys really want to know who, who we are, I don't know how accurate this is. Franny's vision may be different. My vision of how I picture me and Franny and how polar opposite we are is in my head, she's extremely divine. I call her the divine and she lives on uh, Machu Picchu. Okay. And she has a small, adorable handcrafted cabin that she just lives in and wakes up with the sun and goes to sleep when the sun goes to sleep. And she lives off of the land and she's just beautiful. I don't live that way. I live in a glass house where people serve me and oat milk is always available. I, I don't want to lift a finger and I want you to laugh at my jokes and that's just my life. That's how I picture how opposite we are. Yeah. And I love that about us because I find there are moments where my divineness as Nicole says, it falls. And she's like, Franny, you really don't need an excuse to eat that. Franny, you really don't have to do that today. And I'm like, you're right. I'm like, eat the bagel girl, eat the bagel. Or whatever it could be that particular day. And then on the other end, you know, I'm the one calling her and be like, just be gentle. Do nothing today. You know, it's fine. You want to eat some? And I'm like panicking. And I'm like, I can't, no, I don't think. It's funny. The other day we were talking and something happened and I got really upset. <laughs> not, not really upset, but I was like irritated. And she was listening to me and we we're kind of having a conversation back and forth. And she's trying to tell me to like be gentle with it. Like, she's just like, it's fine. Like, what, what does that matter? It's not a big deal. And she goes, we'll just do this. You know, her, she always gives me an alternative. Okay, well, we're just going to do this now and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, but why would that happen? Why was it said that way? You know? And then she's like, okay, so we just want to be upset. That's fine. Let's be upset. Let's and I was that. just like, and I, and, and Franny knows me well enough to where she can say things like that to me. And I was just like, yeah, you know, I do. I want to be upset. I just want to be upset. And she's like, that's great. That let's we talk be about that together. Let's be mad. And I was like, fuck them. Fuck that. Like, <laughs> she was like, thank you. Sometimes we just need to be mad together. It's totally fine. Uh, but, you know, I think the beauty of our friendship, even this, this beautiful conversation about womanhood and in, in what we are experiencing as women, having the same experiences on opposite spectrums. It's like, 
I didn't feel appropriately treated in healthcare. You didn't feel appropriate. You didn't feel appropriately treated in healthcare. It's like, you know, both of us have experiences with our cycles where like mine is super regular, but painful and, and mean sometimes. And yours sometimes is irregular and it comes and it goes. And it's like, it's not necessarily awful, but I mean, what is that like college friend that just pops yeah. in just without notice, no notice, <laughs> sometimes stays for nine days, sometimes here for three. It's yeah. a surprise. You never know. You're like, are you coming back next month? Mm, if the wind takes me, we'll see. And mine's like, girl, don't even take the sheets off my bed. And I'm like, literally yours. <laughs> I'm so sick of seeing you like always. And you know what? Nicole reminds me about the part of being grateful that the well is, is running. And I do practice gratitude as much as possible. It has been so difficult over the past couple of years though, being someone who was having such a difficult time with it, but because it looked regular, nobody understood that you understand that this is regularly ruining my life. It is, it is absolutely, I have to prep 14 days before it even arrives just to be able to get off of the couch for an hour a day while it's here. Like this is not, this is ruining my life. And it was really difficult to explain to people the level of pain that I was in, because, you know, when you say, you know, you're having menstrual pain, people are like, oh, you'll be fine. It'll go away in a few days. And you're like, you don't understand. I can't get off the floor sometimes for three hours at a time. I pass out. I'm having pain that feels like contractions. It's awful. And I'm not saying contractions, like I'm giving birth. I'm talking about, I can literally feel like they'll be intense and then they'll stop for a second. And then a minute later, they'll come back and be really intense and it overtakes my entire body. I'm talking about my, I can feel my, the uterus contracting. I'm not talking about comparing it to child labor. And by the way, when people are like, well, it's not as bad as having a baby. It shouldn't be y'all. Stop saying that to women who are having pain while they're on their period. It's not the equivalent to have a baby. First of all, don't equivalent my pain to anything. Don't. I don't want to be grateful. Let me not be grateful for once, just in a moment. If I'm feeling pain, let me just have the pain. I don't need you to, I don't need you to have a, have a Ted talks about what I need to be grateful for. I need you to just really, just probably shut up. I need you to (laughs) shut up. Okay. And leave me alone until I'm ready to speak. And, you know, Franny and I have that relationship where like, when I know she's going in, you know, well, that's what we'll say. And then I'll just, we just don't talk for like four or five days or however long it takes. And I give her that space because- a, I don't really want to talk to you. You know, if you're in that much pain, you're not going to be, you're not going to be able to ha- hold a conversation. And also she was very communicative in that. And I think that as women, there are times where we aren't as communicative as we can be um, when it comes to inconveniencing other people. We're yeah, so yeah. willing to bend and break for everybody else and and carry the load and be the mom and do the laundry and run a business and be part of a company while all bleeding and being pregnant and, you know, doing all these things, but the slightest inconvenience to our partners or people, our friends or family around us, we feel guilty. Yeah. We feel like, oh, well, I don't really want to put that on, put it on them, put it on. That's what they're there for. If you're not doing that already, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Because 
you will do that for years and you'll regret every time that you didn't put it on them. That's what they're there for. I'm definitely getting to a place in my life where um, if there isn't a benefit in the sense of, let, let's give an example. Let's say you're, let's say you're a single woman and you live on your own. You pay for all your bills. You do your thing. You hang out with your friends, you're dating, you're whatever. And somebody comes into your life and they go like, oh my God. I'm like, you know, that you dated them a couple of times and they go like, I really would love to continue, you know, building this relationship with you. I really see a future. What can you bring? Because if you can't take care of yourself, when it comes to cleaning this house, you can't provide for your own self. You can't support me, you know, emotionally, especially when it's inconvenient, especially when it's difficult, especially when it's conversations that are hard. What do I need that for? We have to start looking at relationships, even with friends or business partnerships. What are you, what's the benefit here? Because if you're not getting a benefit and I'm over here providing you emotional support, I'm providing you ideas, I'm here for you, you can throw and load things onto me, then you're really adding more to your plate than, than balancing the shift of your plate. Let's talk about that. Because girl, you can keep living in your little cute place, doing your own thing and just having a little fun on the weekend, having a little fun on the weekend, doing whatever you need to do to whatever, you know what I'm talking about. You don't need to be signing up for a cart. And that includes friendships. You don't have to be friends with that girl because you knew her since you were seven. If it's not aligning with what you're doing, you are an average of the five closest people in your life. And if you aren't, if those five closest people are not all thinking Oprah and you're the only Oprah, that's not going to work, girl. You are just going to, you're just going to be here. Yeah, that's you know, super you, true. You have to be able to make logical, beneficial decisions when it comes to your relationships, personal, intimate friendships, even your family. There are times where you have to step away from people that you are physically related to your blood is the same blood as that person because there's no purpose there. It's more harmful than it is good. And there's so many people I know nowadays that, you know, not that I think everybody shouldn't have a relationship with their family, but there's so many people nowadays I know that have decided to step away from certain family members because it was more harmful than good. And I congratulate them because you, you know, when you get older, you, you start to understand the kind of lifestyle you want to live. And is that conducive? You know, does it make sense? Yeah. I had to do that. I had to take a little break. And by the time that I was ready to step back in, I was actually really nervous about that. And I, I like prayed about it and I got the response that it's like, it's time, you know, it's time for that healing to begin. And it has, and I'm doing so much better now with it but I a hundred percent agree. You have to have your own boundaries and it, it blood, love, time. None of that sustains like what you need in that moment. It's like, who cares if it's been a seven year friendship, if it's no longer fruitful, who cares if it's a seven year relationship, if it's no longer fruitful, where love is no longer being served at the table, we must know to get up and leave. And I think that's why you know, people are always talking about the divorce rates are so high right now. That's because we know we don't need people anymore. Like we thought we used to we used to be so dependent on the unit in order to survive. 
now women are figuring out, I don't have to deal with that shit. I don't have to take that mess. I can, if, if it's easier for me to do it solo, then why are you here? And like, you're another person for me to take care of. And I already got all of this. I can't do you. Women can even, you know, and we're getting, we're definitely diving in. And I know it's been years of other women doing this, but we're definitely diving into a world of women that are having children later, not having children at all. Women that are purposely having children on their own without a partner, literally going, I want a child, but I don't want that. (laughs) And they're doing that. And that's a mate. That's such a beautiful thing because by no means like love is beautiful. Friendships and families are beautiful. And if you have somebody, you have friendships and partnerships that really, you know, truly have grown you and you feel great about that. That's, that's a very beautiful thing, but know that that's not the only option. You know, that's where it really is. It's like, everybody feels like, this societal view on how a woman should carry herself and the kind of relationship she should be in and the kind of person she needs to be. It's like, I know we've all gotten those questions because when you're, when you're a woman and it's clear as day, when you get to a certain age, you start getting these questions. Like when are you going to get married? Babe. When are you going to have these children? When are you going to buy this house? When are you going to have a second child, you, you pop a child. I was like, when's the next stops. one? Yeah. It no, never one, stops. no one does that to men. It's like, no one, no one does that to men. And it's so funny because people, people bring up the baby comment to me more than they bring up the marriage. And I'm like, don't be praying for babies. Pray for husband, pray for a partner. Shoot. Don't, don't, don't put that on me. Cause that, this thing. And then if you aren't that woman, and then if you aren't that woman who naturally wants to have a child, it's like, almost like, like you say, I don't want children. They're like, Oh, they're so insulted. It's like, you realize that so like, insulted. our sole purpose is not to procreate and, and add to this, this mess. Like it's not our sole purpose. And then there's that whole, you know, being 30 and up and, and people genuinely thinking that like you are disintegrating from the earth. It's like, I've been on this earth for only three decades and y'all Thank are counting you. me out. Like I'm a baby to the universe and you're um, here. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's I'm talk so- about it. I'm I am a toddler girl. I am, I am a literally. toddler. Oh, a toddler. And you talking Seriously. to me saying in five years or three years or two years, I'm going to be completely disintegrated. My body won't be able to do what she's been doing this whole time. She's just getting started. She's just figuring out what we're supposed to do. And it's like, why do people, why do y'all count us out at 35? But no one said anything to you when you was living in your mama's basement till you were 34. No one no, said but, anything. Let's yeah. be clear. Men don't have supportive. to have it figured out. Men don't have to have it figured out as soon as women have figured out to get credit. And it's like a man who's 35 without kids totally has time to still be a great father. But it's like at a certain point as a, I, I literally- You have, have people, to be a great mother before you even think of having a child. Literally. And I've had people say things to me like, well, oh, you don't want to be an old mom. I, you mean a, a mom with money? You mean a, a stable environment to take care of this kid? You mean to actually have healed so I don't pass any trauma on? You mean sure so I can actually teach mature lessons? You don't, you, is that what you mean? Because the, the more I- said a mom with money. That really? is so accurate. Okay, so you, right. So you just want me to be out here. Teaching. I mean, I didn't have- You don't want me because you think I can't run around because I'm gonna have a broken hip. I'm only 32. What <laughs> the my dad literally said to me the other day, he's like, well, you're, you know, you're, you're pushing 40. I said, I am 30. <laughs> I can't. He did say that. 
I was like, and he just started laughing. He's like, well, close enough. I was like, I have 10 years before I will even be able to sing a happy 40th and I'll be happy. I'm not one of those people who's afraid of aging. I'm actually very excited. I, I Thank live you. That is one thing you and I definitely are the same on. Like, I believe age is really not real. I don't think it's real. And, and conspiracy theory, all you want. It's truly, um, first of all, don't even get me started on it. Cause like, are you really, if you're 32, are you really 32? Because you were alive for a year before they said that you were, and you were in the womb before that. So like, like if you oh, really yes. don't care. Yes. I heard something just, was like, when you're 31, I'm, you're actually 32. Like you're on your way to 30. Like you're on your way out of that number. Like you're not there. You're right. Sorry, let's not mess them up, but that's, that's the direction I'm feeling. So I don't believe age is a thing. Um, what I truly don't believe in is like the phrase, like I'm getting old. We all say that just because like maybe our body hurts or it's like, you know, a stigmatized like way of like talking when we're tired or, you know, we're doing something that's not like young and fun and whatever, but truly I don't believe in that phrase old because it has like a negative connotation and you're only really as old as you feel. And if you're feeling tired, you're just tired. If your body hurts, it hurts because your weight is carried differently because your body's shaping differently. People will be like, I don't fit these jeans from when I was in high school. You're not in high school. You don't have an adolescent body. You're a woman with a butt and hips Girl, and arms and thighs. And about it. Well, I'm going to be real, y'all. The jeans that I bought last year at KO. Like I, yeah. nobody talks to you. Well, that, that area is still shaping. It's still shaping. <laughs> and let's talk about, it's okay to have jeans that you fit six months ago that you don't fit anymore and you have to get a bigger size for the next six months but then you drop some weight and then you go back to those it's okay to have those have a variety stop trying to buy stuff that does not fit you I never it is not appealing yeah and the whole like I'll be you know I'm not gonna knock someone's fit journey under like I'm gonna be in these pants by this time cool that's how you do it I right. also like honoring the present time, like where you are now and just watching your current jeans, like get more comfortable or some women, it's the exact opposite. They want to gain that weight. So they want the jeans to become a little bit more snug. Right. I, am very, I admit I am very shocked these days when I put on pants, I pulled out a pair of pants to go somewhere on, it was Super Bowl Sunday. I remember I was, I was getting dressed and my brother texted me and he was like, just letting you know, I'm here. And I was like, okay, I'll be there as soon as I find some pants to fit because I had pulled my pants out of the closet and I looked at them and I was like, oh, these are my niece's pants. And I was like, I must've somehow got my pants switched up with her pants. She hasn't been to my house. I have no idea why my brain went there. But like, these You're like, clearly these aren't mine. These are my niece's. These aren't mine. Right. Girl, I'll put them pants. And I was like, these are my pants. It was okay. It was not happening that day. And I was like, all right, you know, so there was a day, like literally the beginning of this week, I had on a pair of jeans I really love and they're really cute. And I love these jeans, but they have those buttons that button all the way up to the waist. Like, first of all, I can't do those because I I just, just hurt my fingers. Why don't you? Right. With nails, it's, it's hell. But I love these jeans and I love the cut of them. And that particular day I was coming back from out of town. I literally unbuttoned them and wore a big sweatpant, big sweatshirt and just called it a day. And it was fine. Nobody knew I was comfortable. I used to do that all the time. <laughs> I used to do that all the time. Yep. Right. And now it just goes, it, I always think of when I have to buy something that's like a bigger size, if I feel flustered or something about it, I always think of that scene from Eat, Pray, Love, the movie, not the book, but the book is really, really good. Um, 
there it's when she's in Italy um they go to Nepal or something um or Nice they go to Nice and they they're having pizza they're eating pizza and the girl go the girl that she was traveling she was with during that time goes like I can't eat this pizza and she's like why and she's like I can't fit my jeans anymore or my pants anymore and she goes me neither and laughs and kind of eats more and she goes no seriously like I can't fit them she goes we'll just get bigger pants yes I think it was bigger pants Naples that's where they went pizza yeah and and I love that too just get bigger pants and that's exactly what I was saying to myself I was like okay so it's time to just go up a size I'm telling you right now you guys when you walk on this earth okay when you rock around nobody goes oh she's an eight she's a she's wearing a size eight pants and now she's wearing a 10 they just look at you when you physically have clothes on your body and they go, wow, she looks really nice. Nobody cares. That's what they do. And they really don't care about the, nobody, nobody cares about the number other than us in our minds. And I really think half of us don't know what size we are. We really don't know. Well, let's be honest. None of the companies make the same sizes. So you could be a, you could be a 10 at old Navy, but you go to, you know, you go to Abercrombie or something and you're really like, you know, a 15, the cuts are different. You never truly, we can't base how our bodies are fluctuating off of clothes. They're clothes. They're literally cut from templates and they're just like squares that go on our body. We can't base anything off of that. Yeah. Long story short, being a woman is intricate and it's beautiful and it's a detailed journey. I love being a woman. It comes with its, it comes with its ups and downs. It comes with its moments. However, I do believe that we are the garden of the earth. Like we literally create everything that is fruitful here back to what Nicole was saying earlier, like it, we literally could, you know, women would rule the world if we didn't hate each other. Like if we could just get on the same accord and be like, we only need, like sperm actually lasts for a really long time. So it's like one man's sperm could really keep the generation going for, for, for decades. We could be fine. Yeah, we you are know? the water. Okay. <laughs> and people are trying to get, you know, just a sip of us. And we give that away so easily and so freely. And that, you know, makes us beautiful, but also it is beautiful to be selective about who you decide to have at your, at, you know, your, your place of distribution. Like it's okay to be like, go to somebody else. I'm not the one. Yeah. I, Cause, because I do think there's beautiful companionship and partners no matter which sex you choose to have partners at it's companionship is beautiful and absolutely fruitful in its own way it's just important to know your own power as a woman um, with or without companionship to know who you are wholly how your body works what your body needs there's certain foods that operate well in your body. There's certain foods that don't, certain activities that make your body feel good. There's certain opportunities, activities or um, opportunities even that don't make you feel good. It's about having your own gauge of self because when we do go and enter new work relationships, new companionship, new partnerships, new situations, motherhood, whatever it could be, you want to know who you are because I think that's one of the things that doesn't get talked about enough with women is how each new stage of our lives, it's like we become less and less of ourselves because we're giving more away. And I think it's really important to be able to hold on to you through it all, know who you are, know what you need and continue to be at the forefront of your life, be in the driver's seat of your life. So I'm a big encourager of being independent in your own right, as far as I know who I am. And I know that with or without this, I'm still me and I'm still good and I'm still happy. 
and instead of putting weight on what society tells us we should have, being good just in our own skin, our own bodies and knowing like we are enough. And all these other things are ancillary, they're additions, they're gifts. You alone, you're the garden. You're the biggest tree there. You're the sunflower and you're the centerpiece of your universe. And so I just hope that this conversation was empowering for everyone listening so that you just remember that you shine and how beautiful you are. And all these things that are in your life and all the things that have come, they came because of who you are, because you're attractive, because you are beautiful, because you're divine, because you're a mess. That's too, right? And so, you know, over the years, I, I hope that, and I can only pray that women's healthcare becomes, re, especially women's reproductive healthcare becomes more tested, more strengthened, so we can get more help with the things that are going on with our bodies and that our bodies stop being policed as much as they are by others, but especially by each other, like who gives a crap? By each other is, is really the key. You know, yeah. we can't control like the masses, you know, but quickly, but we can control how we approach each other and how we carry conversations. You know, we don't need to know when that woman's getting married. We don't need to know when she wants to have a child or when that's going to happen unless your relationship is deemable where you can have those kind of open-ended conversations of, you know, that's totally separate. But I think the way we speak to each other and, and how we judge each other is really what's key here. We're so powerful on our own collectively. There's nothing that can stop us. Yeah. You know, being able to join with another woman that you may not know is so key and so important because there's so much that we have to teach each other. And, and one thing I want to point out that Franny mentioned a little bit ago is like, you know, being authentic to yourself. If, if you're one of those women that you could be at any age and you don't know who that is, you're like, I'm really struggling with like who I am or like, what do I do next? Like, what's my thing? It doesn't, it's not something that you just wake up and you're just like, that's it. It's just truly finding and understanding intuition, hearing you, that's you. When you have those feelings, those gut feelings everybody talks about, that's yourself talking to you. She's literally like saying like, this is where we should be going. This is what we should be doing. And sometimes you can feel so forced. You can feel so like, oh my God, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? How should I be? Try it. See if you like it. Your body will tell you if you like something, your mind will tell you if that's for you, if that's not for you, it'll be very apparent. It'll be a, that's a no, that feels forced. That's a no, that's not for us. The body's pretty telling. And when we're speaking to other women, watching how we observe them and experience our beautiful women in our circles, we were taught to think certain things about our own bodies. And we often project that onto each other. So instead of you've gained weight or you've lost weight, you look good, girl. You just look good. I love your hair, boo. You look so cute now. Instead of it being about, because you don't know what that person's goal is. You don't know what that woman is going through. Instead of telling a woman who just had a baby, you snap back wherever she is in the journey. How are you feeling? You look amazing. How can I support you? I'm so happy for you. You look healthy. Like you're healthy. You're, you're here because- postmortem death is a 
I'm not post-mortem, postpartum death is a real thing that's happening in our society. She survived her pregnancy and her birth. Like that is such a big accomplishment. You are here. You are such a soldier, such a warrior. I'm so proud of you. How are you doing? Do you need anything? Oh my gosh, you look so comfortable. What can you do to be supportive of the jarring instead of evaluating her? And I think it's just important to check back in when you're confident within your own self and your own body, you don't go looking for issues in yourself so you don't project issues onto other people just let people be and you be and I think we just got to be so good with ourselves that when we're sending our messages of love to other women that's what we're projecting it's just like I love it I love everything about you it's not about being it, it, the size of it how it the process of it whatever just let it be about I love how I love how you said how can I support you that's such a that's such a big that's such a big set big way to approach anybody especially a friend or a new relationship that you have with a woman is you know how can I support you it's so open-ended and it's very um it it kind of allows the other person to really say for her to really say like what she really wants you know a lot of times like we get approached with questions that we're just like tired of answering but when someone says how can I support you you know that's so opening it feels so comforting it could be anything from like I really need your 100% support emotionally you know it could be something as simple as just you saying that you know really does speak so much for me and I think that happens a lot you know especially in the conversations Franny and I have is like it's not even really necessarily we need anything or we want you know any additional support which always comes it's more so acknowledging and feeling a a really strong bond of knowing I don't have to come to you and and be like I absolutely need this and hope that you'll do that it's just a underwritten understatement that your support is always available to me and I just have to be communicative as to what support it is that I need and that allows our friendship and relationship to really prosper because there'll be plenty of times where I'm just like I really just need to talk to you because I need to cry about something stupid and it's just like okay give me two minutes I'm shoveling a cinnamon bun down my throat and then I'll we can get on that it's like literally that simple um but sometimes we get so in our own circles of women that we get fearful of opening that circle bigger to other women, because maybe in the past we've been burned by our own women, you know, where we've had those kinds of relationships and it's just kind of rewiring how we approach that and how we continue to create our circle a little bit bigger and how that approach looks. Yeah. Today was an ode to women and I really, I, my hats go off to you. My glasses go up to you. I'm, I'm so proud of women and so grateful to be among such beautiful, powerful women in my life and in our circle. I'm so glad that you are all here with me and Nicole. I'm so glad that Nicole and I are here with each other. I'm just so, I'm so grateful for the women in the community and the fellowship that we've created amongst one another to continue to strengthen our bonds. And, you know, we really have turned a leaf in our development of really growing as our own individuals and giving ourselves time to develop as women and creating communities to support each other while we do that. And so I hope all of you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you feel uplifted and loved. And um, I love that there's so many different ways that women look. 
and you know, if there's a different perspective that you want to provide, drop it in the comments. Tell us about your side of the story. Tell us about your perspective, whether it's with healthcare, whether it's with how you're treated as a woman and the milestones in life, whether you've accomplished them or I don't want to say accomplish it, whether you've, you've done this or not done this or doing this for a reason or even your survival. We love, you know, hearing about your survivalist stories and things that, you know, feel impossible and they could be happening right now. And your thrive stories, you know, all the things that are happening right now, things that have happened and the things are to, to come. This is a beautiful year ahead. So any final thoughts, Nicole? Just we're amazing. We're extremely <laughs> powerful. And don't forget that you're water. People come to you. You attract so much and you decide what you want to pick up off of that table and what you don't. And I think getting more confidence in that will create such a beautiful journey. And don't be afraid to tell that girl that she looks, she looks beautiful. When you see a girl and you're like afraid to say something because she, oh my God, what if she's weird? What if she doesn't want to talk to me? We love compliments. I'm telling you, there is no woman that does not appreciate a compliment. So throw, throw the girl a compliment and she will be hyped. Yeah. A compliment from another woman is always a really beautiful feeling. Um, I love women. I love y'all. And uh, I thank everyone for being here. And with that, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.